Yeah. So I'm going to record. So welcome everyone to the Profit for Your Business podcast. I'm Jim Heisey. And we are privileged to have today with us Gail Gruenberg, who is a chief executive organizer. And we're going to talk a little bit about helping people live it with chronic disorganization and clutter and how to maintain organizing systems. And Gail, you should see my office uh, sometime and I, we should get together because I do need organization. So, it would be my pleasure. Anyway, it's nice to have you here and thank you for, for making this time. I am so, so glad here. Tell me a little bit about what is chronic disorganization? Why is it important? Why people need it? And who, who of us besides me are disorganized and can come to you? That's a lot at once. But. Well, first, thank you so much for having me, Jim. It's really so nice to see you and to, to spend this time with you. Um, so chronic disorganization is, um, there are more people out there than we realize who are challenged by being disorganized. I could go into the whole brain science behind the way the brain works and the prefrontal cortex and how if it's not stimulated properly um, and all of that stuff, but there is actually a definition according to the Institute for Challenging Disorganization as to who presents as chronically disorganized. And that would be someone who has been disorganized most of their adult, if not most of their lives someone who has a history of, of failed self-help attempts, someone whose disorganization negatively impacts them on a daily basis, and someone who anticipates continuing to be disorganized in the future without some kind of outside intervention. Okay, so what's the difference between disorganization and something like ADD? I can't focus on what I need to do and my, use my time right and get distracted with every shiny thing. Is there a difference or are we talking the same kind of thing? Well, they kind of go hand in hand because many people who present with chronic disorganization tend to have ADHD. So ADHD could be a factor in being chronically disorganized. Okay, interesting. So tell me a little bit about this. Who, who, who are the people who are most afflicted with this? Is it economic? Is it uh, age? As you say, people who have ADD perhaps, or it goes along with it. So. I would say that there's really no one demographic or psychographic as to someone who could be considered chronically disorganized. It runs the spectrum from people who are very young to people who are of advanced age, all types of people all over the world can present as chronically disorganized. It's just a matter of how their brains work. So what sort of brain science goes into understanding this? So tell me a little bit, you mentioned the prefrontal cortex, what's that, and getting signals right, what's that mean? What is the prefrontal cortex? Ah, the prefrontal cortex is considered the like the orchestra conductor of the brain. It's where all of our, or at least most of our executive functions take place. And one of our executive functions is the skills required to organize. 
such as categorizing, sequencing, and we also see um, things like uh, self-inhibition, um, emotional regulation, pretty much the prefrontal cortex takes the, the rest of the brain and, and organizes it so that everything runs together smoothly. Oh, okay. So an executive function, as you say, is um, what would an executive function be? Well, in addition to sequencing and sorting uh, and categorizing, there would be, oh, excuse me, I, I just had a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgive me. Well, you know what, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's short term yeah. memory. <laughs> so, uh, All right. So because I know that there are even universities who, who help students, college kids who have trouble with executive function, get their uh, degrees. It's not a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of how your brain is organized or not organized. All right. right. Good. Yes. Many people who are chronically disorganized are brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah, like me, right? There you go. Keep <laughs> your point. And you, although you're organized. So I know, I understand. Uh, a lot of uh, artists that I know are, are brilliant people. And, and I know that their, their minds take them in all sorts of directions. So it's interesting. Uh, okay, good. So what are the first steps then, if I want to think about getting organized? What, do, what change do I have to make in my thinking and my mindset to say, okay, Jim, it's time Look at your desk, look at your life. What has, what are the first steps I have to take? And then some of the first steps you have to take. I would say one of the most important first steps is to decide to decide. There's a lot of introspection that comes with organizing. It's not at all like, might be depicted on TV and these, these programs that are wildly popular. It's all about the mind and making up one's mind to make changes and committing to them. And then taking small but decisive action in the right direction. Okay. Like, for example, an action. Ah. Uh, well, what I often recommend is rather than look at an organizing project as a whole, take one tiny step, try to break it down into its very minute component pieces. Because as, as we say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> yeah. So if we look at a project as a whole, it can be extremely overwhelming. But if we focus on just one very tiny aspect of it, it becomes much more doable. Mm -hmm. And the overwhelm of having to make decisions is not nearly as overwhelming. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So in terms of the things that we organize, I, I think of stuff because my desk is like this. So if I, I have a, I have a tendency to keep things. Some people call it hoarding. I don't think I that bad, but uh, 
So if I have a lot of stuff, what do I need to do to start uh, getting rid of it? Because I hate to throw things away. And my wife hates it when I don't throw things away. <laughs> well, first, I'd like to make a distinction between hoarding and collecting. Oh, OK. Hoarding is, it's considered, uh, it, it, there is a diagnosis in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health. Um, there is hoarding disorder. And it's it's it has its own characteristics, whereas collecting, someone might have a lot of stuff, so to speak, but it's being honored and displayed and cared for and curated. And, and there's there's intention around a collection rather than with a hoard, it might just be stuff with no real commonality and it's just acquired. Um, but making that, that, uh, that first step uh, toward, toward getting organized, um, I would say how to break some emotional attachment. That's the hardest part. Um, everything could be useful in some way. If it's possible to say maybe group like with like, put the similar things together mm. to see what there is, how much there is, what is absolutely needed, what fits your current lifestyle, what may no longer be needed, what doesn't necessarily define your, your life, um, your life situation currently, it might make it a little bit easier to make those decisions as to what to keep and what to purge. Interesting. Uh, there was a, a, a writer, and I can't think of her name, who said, if it doesn't bring you joy, throw it away, right? Is that a good way to think about it? Well, there is the Marie Kondo trend right now that if it doesn't spark joy, it has no place in your life. Yeah. Which organizers do agree with. And we've been saying that for decades before Marie Kondo came <laughs> on the scene. You've been uh, talking in terms of, of your experience. Uh, you have a lot of, of uh, letters behind your name. Tell me a little bit about what, what those mean, like uh, CFO, CHCD, CVPQ. What is it? What does a uh, an educated organizer or a licensed organizer or something like that? Do you need a license to be an organizer? We don't. Um, but what I had decided to do several years back was to become a certified professional organizer in chronic disorganization because I found that the clients who were finding me had some brain-based conditions and I thought it would move oh. me to get that education. So essentially a CPOCD is like getting a master's degree in organizing with a focus on brain-based challenges. And that it, it really is like a master's degree. It took over two years and it's, it's a pretty rigorous program. It's not just, you know, take a class and take a test and, and here you're, mm -hmm. you're certified. There's, there's a lot of work involved, uh, experiential and educational. And the, the CVPO is Certified Virtual Professional Organizer, which is in and of itself a skill set to be able to organize across a screen or using photos or on the phone. It, it definitely requires a, a different perspective. Hmm. 
Very interesting. Now, so where do you go to be certified? Well, my CPOCD comes from the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. And my CVPO comes from the Sheila Delson virtual organizing, virtual professional organizing class program. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I'm kind of skipping around here in my disorganized mind and I, and, and uh, we're, uh, so it's, it's interesting to think about that, that even in a discussion like this, being an organized person can help focus on the things that are important. Is that right? Yes. And actually, you kind of opened a Pandora's box with me. <laughs> because I am always advocating to organize to our core values. And if we, I think if we don't do that, then our organizing systems don't have much of a chance of sticking because it gives us certain criteria as to how to evaluate the way we want to live, whether it's acquiring something or creating a relationship or, or where you want to live or how you want to live um, if, you know, in your physical structure. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's really just defining, like you said, what's most important in someone's life or maybe in someone's business and then making decisions according to those criteria. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm not, I've not thought about organizing in this way before. So thank you. I'm really glad. Uh, so uh, one of the things that, that I wonder uh, that, that came in, in a question that you brought up is clutter killing your sex life. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. It's been my experience that clutter definitely can impede on a romantic relationship. And it, it, my, my focus on that was the romantic relationship, but it could be any relationship um, because I have seen that couples sometimes do suffer when clutter is a factor. Mm -hmm. And I could make a joke that you can't invite someone into your bed if it's covered in stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's really more of a, a barrier to intimacy on every level um, because there could be resentment and anger and not just the, uh, the physical inability yeah. to connect. <laughs> so, uh for example uh then we have and sorry for being so personal but so part of the house is really clean and guests can come in and we're happy to share and all of that other parts of the house are not so like the basement or uh, one of the bedrooms right now is full of of stuff that needs to be taken uh, taken away or given away or something like that i mean is that a common thing and how do you how do you un compartmentalize the house and your life so that you're organized and clean in every place oh that's there are a few answers to that first i would definitely like to normalize that <clears throat> that situation yes it is very common um 
especially when there are uh, pe people in a couple who might have different ways of thinking and, and different perspectives. Um, one may be, you know, it might be Felix and Oscar from The Odd Couple. And somehow uh, there, there's a common ground to cohabitating. Um, often I think there's there has to be mutual respect for the way the other party thinks and, and deals with things. things. Um, I, in my experience, I've seen that maybe one part of the couple wants to have a, a super neat house and the other part of the couple may just be assigned, so to speak, a certain yeah. area, like the basement, the workshop, an man office, cave. a man cave. <laughs> and and so if, if it is the gentleman in the in relationship, and I'm, I'm assuming we're right now, we're just talking heterosexual. Yeah. Anybody, <laughs> um, one partner may just be, you know, this is that space, keep it however you want. The rest yeah. of the space, just if you could kindly maintain it in a way that it could be public. That would be great. So yeah. there's a lot of communication. <laughs> well, that's good, and and maybe the word public makes it makes a difference there, because uh, would you want your your mother to to see this room or that room, or would you want uh, uh, guests? Where where would guests be or things like that? And my clients use that that verbiage all the time. I have heard, oh, my mother would be so disappointed if she saw the way I lived, or there's the, the phrase chaos, can't have anyone over syndrome. Hmm. Yeah, uh, which is too bad because uh, even guests, if you're good friends, know that uh, you're not, you don't have to be perfect all the time, but. That's right. If they love you, you they'll love all of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So we talked a little bit about AHD and disorganization. Let's in, in things, let's talk about time. How do we organize our time better? Oh boy. I personally think that this is a challenge for very many people. And I will be the first to say, I might be a professional organizer, but I too struggle with how to manage time. And so there are lots and lots of techniques for, first of all, not necessarily managing time, but managing ourselves with respect to time, because time is intangible. We can't touch it or you know, we don't see it or smell it or taste it or whatever. So. We, we can only manage how we comport ourselves over time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the techniques, like real tangible stuff that we could potentially use is, uh, yesterday I was talking about the Pomodoro method, which is, is quite popular. Set a little timer for 25 minutes, do something, take a little break, set the timer again. And that's good for time blocking, just putting on your calendar or, or your timer. This is what I'm going to do for X number of minutes or hours, and then go on to the next thing. And it, it tends to keep us on track and productive. Agreed. I've, I've started using that and it does make a big difference. Uh, this, a step above that is the time blocking. 
uh, and deciding uh, before the day starts or at the end of the next or the day before, okay, here's what I have to do. And then block out time that no, you're not in meetings or whatever and, and decide that one thing that you're gonna do for an hour or and break that into your 25 minute segments. And that really is a powerful thing for, for, for me and, and some of my clients, um, it's, the, it's the stepping back and saying, this is what I have to do this, or this is what I have to do. And then finally stepping back a little bit more at, at, on Sunday or Monday morning, say, okay, here's the week ahead. What do I have to do? What, are, what do I really need to get done this week? What, what are one or two things that I really need to get done? And do they fit in then as a step above, uh, you know, your quarterly goals and your yearly three years and all, all those kinds of things. Those high level uh, decisions that you make that help guide your life and, or, and, and organize your life and your success uh, in business. So that's, that's really important. I just jotted down a couple of notes because I was thinking earlier about coming up with a phrase about how important the pause is. Mm. And what you just said really made me think. So what I came up with, there's power in the pause, there are priorities in the pause, and there's perspective in the pause. So that, that was great wisdom there. Yes, and there's learning in the pause. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it's you have you're if you're struggling for 25 minutes, and your brain is really concentrating, you're really not learning. You're 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 struggling and trying to make things happen and focusing and all that. But once you relax, that's when the real learning happens. The real learning can happen overnight while you're sleeping. That's because. Mm -hmm. When you uh, go to bed with a problem, you often have it solved the next morning. So our brains also work like that. You're absolutely uh, right. I don't, and, and, and another way to think about time that I've learned recently is that, that and it's from, I think it happened again, but time is uh, within you. You control the time. You're the, you're the master of the clock. It's not anything outside. It's what happens inside you that makes a difference. And it, and it helps time. It, you are the source of time. And so you can make the time you need because you're the one in charge. And people don't think about that that, that often. Have you, have you found that to be a, a similar thing? I have. In fact, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. I just started reading that book last night. As a matter of fact, ah. <laughs> I finally got it from the library. And uh, I, I really do. I love that concept. Um, and I, I'm going to continue to ponder that as I, I go through. So organization, in this sense, really is is one of the keys to a successful life i think uh, i believe so yeah it's very freeing in terms of mental capacity uh, i think if we're organized it really gives us a 
it releases a lot that we don't have to think about so that we're freed up to do what we're best at doing. Um, you know, what I like to say is do what you do best and delegate the rest. Yeah, yes. Very wise. And, and wide application for that. For dis so disorganization, uh, as you say, uh, invades all of our uh, all of our spaces in life. I guess. Yeah. Is there are there are there age uh, are there age related things that have are there things that happen as you get older that affect how well you think and how well you can organize things. Uh, what are those, what are some of those things? I have two perspectives. I have heard or read or learned that as we age, we become, of course, wiser, but there are brain changes that take place that, that make us more focused um, as a whole. And personally, it might be experience and wisdom and, and perspective that we gain as we age. Physically, uh, well, physically, we are improving. We are not necessarily declining. Um, and from my experience and, and training a bit, I have noticed that, and there really is an estrogen drop in women. When women are, are advancing in age, um, getting to the postmenopausal years, there is that estrogen drop that does affect cognition. And then we might be forgetful, um, we might be more tired, and that in itself is a whole conversation about um, sleep deprivation and how that affects cognition and how that will affect disorganization. It, it's, it's such a, a holistic perspective mm. of the body and how it applies to being disorganized. Um, but I think overall, we get better with age. I hope so. And I think so too. I think we're different. We we're different. Yes. You know, uh, whatever that means, good or bad, and and I, I think wisdom is a good good word to get wise. I think so. You mentioned uh, sleep deprivation. Let's talk a little bit about that. How important is? Oh, I I think, and I know that there are statistics and studies out there that show that sleep deprivation is literally a killer. It, it will just affect every part of the body. And as you alluded to earlier, uh, if we sleep on a problem, we tend to wake up with a solution. But sleep is essential to our mental and physical health. And I, I think we are not always aware of how important that really is. Um, I'm, I'm not a sleep expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I've done a tiny bit of research. Mm -hmm. and, and when we sleep, I, I would say that the biggest thing is we're bringing in oxygen and we let our brains rest. And that oxygen, it just feeds the entire body so that we can have the cognition that we need uh, to make decisions and, and take care of our bodies. It, it's just so essential to our, our, our well-being. Of course, we've taken oxygen all day, but you're, you're right. If, if you're dreaming and sleeping and you have 
uh, I guess there are two phases where we actually learn uh, while we're asleep. Um, and I'm no expert either, but uh, the first part of the night is a deep sleep. And then you have sleep where you're dreaming and that's where, where things learn as well. And our brains clear out all the gunk of the day, physically and, and mentally. I'd like to say that we make new neural pathways while we're yes. sleeping. We make connections that way. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about your business journey, since this is Profit for Business. Uh, tell me about your business journey. Oh, gosh. How far back should we go? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so uh, as of this conversation, uh, I am in, I'm about 18 and a half years into my business. Uh, I started it, I was still a CPA at the time. And that was, uh, I started the business at the end of 2003. And I was just, I was not a happy camper as a CPA. Mm. It just was not filling my soul. And uh, a former colleague suggested that I consider professional organizing. She knew another woman who was an organizer and she thought, oh, Gail, you know, I've worked with you in, in accounting and I, I know your skills, you'd be good at this. So I said, you're right, let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I good. did it. So Thank you. 2003, that's, that's a good long time. Uh, what advice would you have then for people who are interested in in organizing or interested in organizing themselves what what are some of the things that that we should be thinking about both in, in becoming an organizer and and helping organize ourselves we kind of touched on that uh well in terms of if someone <clears throat> is considering becoming a professional organizer i would say Okay, my bits of advice would be read as much as possible. Uh, visit NAPO, which is now called the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And also check out the Institution for Challenging Disorganization. Mm. Institute, excuse me, for Challenging Disorganization, better known as ICD, to determine First, if this profession is right for you, because there's a whole lot more to it, as we've been discussing, than just making a place look pretty. That is the icing on the cake. It's the jewelry on the outfit. It's not necessarily the foundational garment <laughs> or the, the, the cake, the, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Um, and, and it really, it's also different um, to run a business as an organizer, rather than just like, oh, I, I like to organize places. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you're not just an organizer, you are a small business owner. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so those skills you can learn and the experience will come, but uh, that's kind of where, where uh, management insights come in, comes in. We Definitely. help people who who are good organizers, be good business people. And uh, that's, key, that's key as well. Yes, having that excellent support system is essential. Yeah. 
so uh, we met at, at uh, a Profit First event. Okay. Uh, are you Profit First? Or how, I've, I've, we should have talked about that maybe first. But uh... I will be totally transparent. I'm getting back on the wagon. I, uh, I had a, a bit of a bump in the road and that the bank that I was working with at first decided to start charging me fees on all of my oh. business accounts. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm in transition to find a new bank, um, but I am still keeping my spreadsheet of how to allocate my profits. That's good. But the bank accounts are important for those of you who don't know profit first. Uh, that's a discussion that we can have. Uh, and uh, it'll it'll change your change your business and change your life. So it certainly did mine. So who are your best clients? Oh boy, my best clients are myriad and varied. Um, the the most uh, the best commonality I would say is that they're nice people with a sense of humor, and they're open minded to making change. Other than that, they could come from any walk of life, male, female, non-binary, <laughs> yeah. um, just uh, pretty much anyone who's challenged by disorganization who wants to live a different kind of life. Good. So I, there are, there must be systems that you teach. Is it a system? Is it, uh, uh, it's, as you say, it's the, the, organized room is the is the icing on the cake it's getting there and keeping it there yes so how do you help people develop that mindset or the system and what has to happen what's what's, what's your customer's journey well the uh gosh <laughs> every system created for each client is unique based on the way their own brain works and essentially the, the journey starts with a conversation. And I'm fond of saying I have two eyes, two ears and one mouth, and I try to use them proportionately. Because <laughs> the more I understand and I hear and I see and I learn about somebody, the better I can help them. And if there's something I don't already know, and if there's some product out there that might serve them best and believe me products are not the way to get organized <laughs> then I, I go and do some research and i figure out what's the best fit for that client but it's all about the open communication the dialogue the relationship and the understanding on the part of the organizer so if somebody wants to come and work with you what do uh, so what, how does that work? How do you, how do you work for a month? Do you work for, for years? How long, how does that, how does that relationship that we have together, uh, how do you build that? Oh, that's an excellent question. I will say that some clients do want just a one-off. They have a little project, they have a smaller budget, they just want one thing and that's it. And that's fine because that's that meets their needs. Others like clients who live with chronic disorganization may need that ongoing support for an extended period of time. And that relationship does build over time, one conversation at a time, one session at a time. And sometimes, it morphs into 
what I would call a friant, a friend slash client. Yeah. I, I've worked with a particular woman and now she has moved. So I'm not working with her currently. I think we were together for about 13 years. Wow. And it's not that she was so totally disorganized. It, it was, we got this, the systems in place that took several years. And there were, of course, lots of life that happened in between. And then it was maintenance along the way. So, and, and if it takes longer, it is more of, uh, are you saying you're changing your brain or are you, are you, are you, are you becoming more of a, of a sounding board for people? I don't want to say therapist because I know you're not a therapist or are you? Does that, make, does that yeah. Okay. I personally am not, but there are other organizers out there who are. Okay. Um, I, I am an organizer coach, but I, you know, the coach has the perspective. Oh, coaching, right. So you, they, people need continual coaching. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Yes. And, um, and you, you did ask a question in there. Um, forgive me, my short-term memory went right out the window. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. So, okay, so uh, a long relationship, what happens at the end? What's the, what's the goal of, of uh, being a well-organized person with a well-organized life? I would say to, to have freedom. Freedom to live the kind of life that someone knows that they can live, has always wanted to live, believes that they can, and, and is willing to dedicate the time and effort to create it. What questions do potential clients or even longer term clients have mostly? Most, what are the most often asked questions? Am I the worst you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the number one question we're asked and the answer is no <laughs> i have seen some not very wonderful things and more often than not clients who present with somewhat clean homes um will ask that and if it's not squalid and and garbage up to the ceiling then chances are no i i you know you're not the worst i've ever seen <laughs> so what is the worst you've ever seen <laughs> uh the worst i've ever seen would be maybe i would say squalid and and garbage up to my shoulders and I, i'm five feet tall um covered in uh the place was crawling with with cockroaches and it had never been cleaned and the kitchen was a mess and the bathroom was never washed. Um, so we do go into situations like that as, well, I will go only up to a certain level of disorganization. And we do have what's called the clutter hoarding scale, clutter dash hoarding scale, yeah. a scale from one to five, five being the very, very top of very serious situations. Um, so I'll go to about a level three. We have a, a friend who is a hoarder and she even had holes in her roof and wouldn't fix them and just house with 
They, I think they tore the house down, finally. Sometimes that's the only solution. But she, uh, I think she got help. Uh, I know she got remarried or is in a new relationship, and I think that's okay. Wow. Yeah. So she cleaned everything out. <laughs> Did she? Wow. Throw it away. She threw everything, you know. Yeah. If she had the mindset to do that, that is wonderful progress. That That is like the poster child for someone yeah. who has hoarding disorder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can see where it would take a long time for and a long relationship to build the steps and the confidence and all the things that has to happen before you can can stop doing that. Yes, a lot of trust. Yeah. Getting over a lot of shame. If there's a lot of shame. You know, it, it takes a, a lot of courage for someone to reach out and ask for help because there's a huge stigma. You know, what do you mean you can't do this yourself? And and there's the internal stigma. I, sh I should be able to do this myself, but not everyone can do everything. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And that's an interesting challenge for, for business coaches too. How do I admit that, I, that I'm not making money and, and I need help? Yeah. And it's, a, it's a, an interesting challenge to get that. So you've, you've done a wonderful job and in overcoming that with, with your clients, I can tell. I hope, I hope I've impacted their lives as much as they've yeah. impacted mine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, where, where would I find you if somebody wanted, if I needed some professional? Oh, and, and so do you have to come to my house? Do you have to, you mentioned being over the screen. How does that work? So you could work with me here in Connecticut and, and, you're in New Jersey, so yes. how do people find you? Uh, well, the easiest place is on, on my website, which is lgorganized.com. And yes, we work, we, meaning there is a team if, if needed. I'm the head of the group. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do come on site if desired, or we can, I can certainly work virtually through Zoom or FaceTime. Um, and it's a, it's a different skill set as we were talking about earlier in that the client being in the middle of the space um, either has to have the physical ability to do it or somebody there with the client would have to be doing the, the work itself. And I would be guiding as if I were on site with the client in the same way. Okay. Um, it's a different perspective in that we do get just you know a few inches of, of visibility at one time, but we take it in small small slices. I have a, a friend and, and and an ex client, but she's really still a client. We worked on cleaning her desk <laughs> to get rid of all the business stuff that she had to do. She she, she had. Uh, taken over the, it had taken over the dining room. And so we had to, she, she still has trouble with that, but uh, she's making progress and her business is, is helped by that too. So what advice do you have for, for others? In any particular realm? 
No, that's an issue. Okay. No, what advice do you have? What advice? Yeah, what advice would you have to somebody who's who's growing up nowadays or an growing older up. person? So. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, grow, growing up now? Yeah. Than an older person? Uh, well, um, okay. So that's a really interesting point. And I, okay, I'll put it this way. I'm 54. So I kind of have a, a dual perspective. I have, <clears throat> excuse me, the old school perspective and I have the new school perspective in that the old school is very tangible and hands-on. And I will, I'll even go as far as to say analog versus the future is digital. And there are two ways of looking at things. So for a young person, I would say digital is, is great. It's, it's effective, it's efficient, it has its place. However, don't lose sight of the analog skills because they are equally as important. And those skills might be something as simple as putting sheets on a bed or folding a sheet or folding a t-shirt. And these are the things that I encounter in my world where this is a pen. We use a pen because we have handwriting, <laughs> which is not taught in school anymore. You know, all of these, these skills could potentially be lost in the future, but they are equally as important as the new skills. Exactly. And I think you, you opened uh, a question in my mind too. So getting organized means folding your t-shirts and not leaving them in the laundry and fixing the color, mixing colors and, or not mixing colors and whites, uh, <laughs> cleaning up your drawers, all of that daily stuff that we need to do. Yes. Yeah. And it's boring and it's mundane, but it's essential. So if I'm getting up in the morning, what should I do? to start my day? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, the first thing I think is, I would often suggest putting things in the order in which you use them, which I, I have like, I well, I was a CPA, right? So I had GAP, generally accepted accounting principles. Yeah. I created my own generally accepted principles of organizing. So I have GAPO. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of my gapos, <laughs> um, because I think that if you put things in the order in which you use them, it saves you a ton of time. So you have a morning routine. You might get up, you brush your teeth, you, you, know, you, you take a shower, whatever it is. So if you have the things you're going to use in the order in which you use them, you do it very efficiently. You might lay out your clothes the night before. You have your... your implements in in the same order so you need your your toothbrush your toothpaste your floss your your mouthwash mm -hmm. your cup whatever it is and it's really it's so granular um but it, it's such a humongous time saver and 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 stress saver um so that's just a, a very mundane example no but it's a, it's a good one because the physical things that you do with your hands the analog things also will help you begin to think about that, that thing we talked about before. What, I'm, what do I have to do today? Put it in order, make time to do it, put it in your calendar, 
and uh, organize your day that way. But the physical part of it is just as important as, okay, I have to do this. And, and, and putting it on the calendar, writing something down makes it more and more tangible and, and, and people, people need to, or people who don't do that have, have more problems staying organized and organized in their thinking and is that is that right does there is a, a definite connection um i'm like we were saying i'm i'm old school in a way because i really like my pen and paper but there is a definite connection between writing something down and solidifying a concept in the brain absolutely and and it's a really important so here yes <laughs> Here are my notes for, the, for our conversation, which is uh, which has been fun. I'm I think what what did we miss? What should what else should we be talking about? Um, we, we end our time together. Well, let's see. I I have two thoughts on that. I was recently interviewed by another gentleman who ends all of his interviews with "What gives you hope." And my answer to that was, I do believe that there is great hope in our future generations because kids now, I have 20 somethings and I just, I think they're amazing. These young people now are very grounded. I think they're very aware. I think they don't stand for nonsense, maybe the way prior generations have. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to take a stand for what they believe in. And I, I'm so in awe of them. And I, I think I'll just, I'll let it go at that because I just, I'm so proud of them. The, the, the generation, the 20 somethings. Yes. Yeah. Great. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> the meaning of life is what you make it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Gail, this has been fun. Thank you so much for participating. And uh, it's nice to see you again, uh, even, even across the, the screen. So uh, let's keep in touch. I look forward and I'm so grateful that we have met and we've had this time together. Me too. Thanks, Gail. Thank you. Bye everyone, we'll see you next time.